0: Of life stories start here in the labor and delivery rooms of places like this. These walls have heard a lot of laughter, seen a lot of joy. But sometimes these stories also come with fears and worries, problems and pain. Sometimes the pregnancy is unexpected or even unwanted. Sometimes there's divorce or disagreement. In Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25, we read. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and she gave him the name Jesus. Dreams and divorces. Uh, This story of Jesus already has some highs and lows, doesn't it? But maybe that's what we should expect from Emmanuel. God with us. Actually with us. In the joys and in the tears.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. I also want to say hello to all of you who are watching online or on television. For those of you who are in the room, if you would please make our television online audience welcome, please. Give them a big hand. I want to say thank you to Blake for being here and all the work you do with the United Methodist Children's Home, an amazing ministry. And yes, thank you. An amazing ministry, and thank you, Fraser, for your continued support of that ministry. I also want to say happy birthday to Pastor Ken Roach, who's sitting right over here. Big happy birthday to him. Give him a big hand. (laughs) 23 years old. Wow, that's amazing. It's wonderful, wonderful. You know, John Ed. Matheson is an amazing man. He's sitting right down here to my right. And I'm so thankful for his ministry. I mean, he is on the road more than most. And uh, one of the things that he's been doing in our city is bringing together pastors for some time now. And since I've been able to be in Montgomery, I've been able to be a part of some of those meetings and meet some of these amazing pastors. And it was actually in a meeting in his office when I came up with the idea that throughout this series, this 20-week series, we're going to pray for another local church in the River Region. We did this last week, and this week we're going to pray for First Baptist Church in Montgomery and their new pastor, Mark Buffet. Mark is a wonderful young man. I have got to meet him on several occasions. We actually had lunch a few weeks ago, and I'm so thankful for his heart for building the kingdom. And so as we pray and prepare our hearts to receive his word, let's lift up First Baptist Church. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing. Lord, we thank you for First Baptist Church here in Montgomery. Lord, you have placed this church in this region for a reason. And Lord, we pray your blessings on them, and especially their leadership as they navigate this pandemic that we are in. May they continue to build your kingdom for your glory. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Mark. Lord, we pray your blessings on him and his family. Lord, be with them in a special way in these days. And Lord, now we thank you for this moment. Right here, right now. Would you speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit? We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was conducting some very important spiritual business. I was actually uh, with Everett Jeffcoat and Dr. Jimmy Jeffcoat. And and this was very important spiritual business. And so as I walked up onto the tee box of the 18th hole... Uh, I was getting ready for my drive, and and it was a a dog leg right, which sets up really good for my shot, and I hit the ball out there, and I curved it right around the trees. It was a beautiful shot. It really was, really was. Choir, it was amazing. It really was. As a matter of fact, when I hit the ball, and it went by those trees, I heard a squirrel go... (whistles) Woo, look at that one that's a good one you know I mean it was really good and so I get up to the ball I'm uh, going to hit my second shot I'm about 50 yards away from the green it may have been 25 but who's counting and so I get up there and and I, I get set and and my feet are balanced I've got the right club 54 degree wedge this is going to be good and, and so I, I reach back and I hit that ball I may have been about 50 yards away from the green, but my ball sailed over the green at about 50 miles an hour. And at that point, I was very thankful for God's creation. Very thankful. At that moment, I was really thankful for trees because my ball hit a tree and prevented, it was prevented from meeting a car that was sitting there. Hit the tree, it bounced back toward the green, but... Anyway, that, that's not the point. Uh, the point is, that shot was not my fault. And, and, on, and on this occasion, it was not even the club's fault, okay? Actually, what had happened was, uh, in the middle of my backswing, my phone rang. The problem with that is, my phone was on silent, sure. But the problem is that my phone was connected to my Fitbit that I was wearing. And so, in the middle of my backswing, my, my, my wrist began to buzz. You know what I mean? And that buzzing, if I were, you know, a smart man, I would have just stopped the swing. But I didn't. I tried to hit it anyway, and that's why I messed up that shot. It really was. We all hate distractions, disruptions, don't we? In fact, the guy who had called me that day is a good friend and mentor of mine, Pastor Ricky Smith up at Gunnersville. First United Methodist Church, but in that moment even though he was a good friend and mentor he, he disrupted something very important in my life some people like disruptions, some people are like the golden retrievers of the human race they like going from one disruption to another and they just bounce all over the place and nothing ever bothers them, but fact is, is that disruptions are a part of life, even in the middle of backswings aren't they? In fact, I think that boredom was something of—it's something of a bygone era. There's no such thing as boredom today. I mean, certainly not. New York may not have slept in a long time, but we're the generation of 24-hour news cycles, instant information at our fingertips. You know what I mean? All I have to do is ask, what what's the football score? And you could just pull out your phone probably right now. Some of you are probably looking at it right now. Pull out your phone right now, and you could just tell me, you know, what the football score was. Now, I have no reason to want to know what it was over the past couple of weeks. But anyway, that's not the point. That's not the point. Right now, if you wanted to know what time it was in the former Czechoslovakia, all you got to do is pull out your phone, and once you figure out how to spell Czechoslovakia, you can know what time it was, right? Again, boredom seems to be something of the past. There's too many moving parts. We, We live by buzzing cell phones, the ding of emails. Matter of fact, as I was writing this message at this point, I was typing out this line, God. Does God have permission to step into our everyday life and disrupt things along the way? I think this is a very important question we all have to wrestle with. Does God have permission to disrupt life for us? Or will we rather God stay kind of tame and, and preset to show up at certain points of the week or at certain points in life when there is a crisis? I think one thing that we can all agree on is that in human relationships, uh, we all disrupt each other from time to time. Anytime I call you, you're doing something. Even if you say nothing, you're doing something, and it's a disruption. And so if disruptions are a part of normal relationships, I think one of the questions we have to ask is, if there seems to be a lack of disruption on God's part into our life, the question I think we have to ask is, What does that say about my relationship with God? Joseph teaches us some very important lessons about God's disruptive plans and how to respond to them in our story today. There are three movements here in the text that I want to point out. The first one is very obvious, and it is that Joseph and his plan for his marriage was disrupted. His plan for his marriage was disrupted. This, this most intimate of all relationships that we have, most intimate of all human relationships, was completely disrupted. I point this out because we all at certain points in life like to imagine what the next season of life is going to look like, don't we? We all do this. We all do this. In fact, I was doing this this week. Uh, We like to formulate a picture of what the next season of life is going to look like. And and this was happening to me this past week. And and I I know what my next season of life is going to look like. Uh, And and it's so clear. It is so crystal clear. I want to show it to you. Do we have that picture? Can we show them what my next season of life is going to look like? There it is. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to win the Masters. I can see it, people. I can see it. That's true, isn't it, John Ed? It's true, very true, I can see. We picture what it's going to be like going into high school. We picture freshman year of college. We picture that first day at the new job. We picture the wedding day. We picture the firstborn. We picture those moments when we sign our life away on that new house. But it's going to be okay because on game day there are going to be barbecues and a lot of friends are going to come over and, and, and we're, we're going to eat out on the back porch or patio. It's going to be fine. But we, we picture it, don't we? We picture raising our kids with the one we married and everybody staying happy and healthy. We picture becoming an empty nester and all of a sudden we have that home office or that home gym or that man cave or whatever it is we've... Been wanting. We picture retirement, walking away, with with a little more still left in us, but walking away with a feeling of satisfaction at a job well done, and a career completed. This just gives us more time for new hobbies, more time on that porch, or more time for travel until a pandemic hits. Right. We picture these moments. We write them on the imaginations of our mind. We can see them. I think Joseph had a picture. I think Joseph had a picture of what it was going to look like. I think he pictured a life with Mary, children, a career of some kind, a business or a trade. His picture did come with the reality of Roman occupation. He knew it was not going to be easy as he was living in a land that was controlled by foreigners. They had taken over his family's land. But I think he had a picture of the future. I think he could see it in his mind. And then in one conversation, just one conversation, everything changed. The news he received was pregnancy. Joseph probably had that Quasi hypnotic look that men get on their faces when he received this news, but it came with a healthy dose of confusion because of the situation. Much to Joseph's credit, though, he did not throw a holy hissy fit. Instead, he did what a lot of men do, and he starts going through a logical rationale. He starts logically thinking about how do we solve this? How do we fix this issue? We have to remember, though, as Joseph is processing this, at least early on, he did not believe that this was of God or this was from God or that God was in this in any way. But he did say, to his credit, he did say, I want to follow the law. No. No. He said, what do you mean? No, I've traveled all this way to talk to you and ask you to pray for me that I would have clarity. And she said, I'm not going to pray that you have clarity. I'm going to pray that you have trust, not clarity. You see, the problem with crystal clear clarity, the problem with full understanding when God is on the move in our life is, well, it's simply unattainable for us. That's why God said in Isaiah 55 verse 9, My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You cannot understand. You cannot see all that I am doing here. However, when we dare move forward, step by step, one step after a time, a step of faith and a step of trust, as God seems to be disrupting our lives in some ways, if we dare move forward, God will give us opportunities that we can never imagine. In fact, I believe that God many times will give us an opportunity to do something that no one else on the planet will ever get to do. This is the case with Joseph. The first movement, his marriage is disrupted. The second movement is that he embraces this divine disruption and he moves forward. The third movement, though, was that Joseph was given the opportunity and the authority to do something that no one else on the planet throughout all of human history would ever get to do again. And what was it? Joseph was given the privilege of bestowing upon the Son of God His name. Joseph was given the opportunity to declare out loud for the first time a name that will be mentioned countless times after this, the name Jesus. When God created the heavens and the earth, you know, God said that it was good. And God created Adam and Eve, and then one day God called Adam to himself, and he put his arm around him and said, Adam, i got a job for you, a high honor. I want you to go name what I have created. Even though God created it, he owns it. He loves to give this power away, this power to Name things. Whenever you give something or someone a name, is one of the greatest honors in life. People ask me, how did Eddie Ray get his name? Well, the story is simply this. As Emily and I were thinking through that, we thought about a whole host of names. But my dad's name is Robert Ray. My sister's name is Anna Ray. I have other Rays in my family as well. Emily's dad's name is Ray. So we thought, hey, why don't we just make half the ha- uh, family happy and put Ray in the name? So we did. And then, then we got to thinking about his first name. And, and the name Edward, or Eddie as he is called, was Emily's grandfather. One of the most amazing men, godly men, wise men, to ever walk the planet. And so we thought about that name. We we didn't just give him a name. We didn't just look in a book and find a name. We, We thought about that name because we knew this was a privilege. This was an honor. This is a name that people are going to call him for the rest of his life. And because Joseph stepped into this moment of this divine disruption, he was able to utter the name that is above every other name. If you're looking for a thesis statement throughout the Gospel of Matthew over these weeks, you could point to Matthew 1.21. When the message from God to Joseph was, you're going to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Right there in that moment, you see the rest of the Gospel of Matthew and the rest of Jesus' life flows from that one revelation that Jesus means God saves He has come to save his people from their sins. But Joseph, Joseph was the match that ignited that uh, revolution, really, of who Jesus was. And he was there in that most sacred moment because he embraced this disruption in his life. Think about the two names that are mentioned here of Jesus. Jesus, God saves, Emmanuel, God with us. You put them together and what do you get? God is now with us to save us. God is now with us to save us. And those names uttered by Joseph and Mary in a barn would echo throughout human history and literally change the world. And Joseph was a part of that moment on that not-so-silent night. You see, for the kingdom to come, that's our prayer throughout this series. Thy kingdom come. For the kingdom to come, we have to let heaven disrupt our earthly rhythms from time to time. Oh, we like rhythms, don't we? We love them. You can probably tell me where you're going to be tomorrow at 8.15. We set our lives. We order our lives by rhythms, and they're good things. We need rhythms. But for the kingdom to come. We need to give God permission to step into our lives and disrupt those earthly rhythms from time to time. Because the kingdom comes and it breaks through, through you and in you. In those moments when God steps into your life just like he did Joseph here. And my challenge to you is simply this. It is simply to embrace the disruptions. Embrace the disruption, see them as holy moments, see them as holy encounters, see them as holy opportunities for God to do something through you. You know, it's when we embrace the inconveniences of life that we see most fully this incarnational God. On display and the same God that brought some inconvenience to a man named Mary and a young woman or a man named Joseph and a young woman named Mary so long ago he does that in our life from time to time but it's in those moments when we embrace them that heaven breaks through and may it be so in each and every one of us Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment, right here, right now. Lord, may we embrace the divine disruptions in our life. Lord, may we not seek full understanding, but may we in faith and trust take one step at a time and just watch what you do through us and lord at the end of the day when it's all said and done we're going to sit back and not have pride in that but give you all the honor and all the glory just as we do right now as we pray this prayer in Jesus good and mighty name amen at this time pastor ken is going to come and lead us in a time of communion
0: you know one of the ways One of the ways that we experience Emmanuel, God's presence with us, is through Holy Communion. And so as we come to this moment today, for you at home, I hope that you have uh, prepared a way to participate from home. It's not the same as being here, but we know it's meaningful to participate from home. For those of you in the room, I hope that you received a packet with the elements as you came in today. And uh, if not, if our ushers would look around, if you would raise your hand if you didn't get one, uh, perhaps our ushers could um, bring one to you in this moment. You know, Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who repent of their sins and earnestly seek him and seek to live in peace with one another. And so let's take a moment now to just confess our sins before him and remember his forgiveness of us. Merciful God, we come to you today in this holy disruption, this moment when you are inviting us to your table, and we uh, confess to you that we're not worthy. We've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbor as ourself, and so we confess our sins to you. We ask you to forgive us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that assures us that we have salvation from sin and the ability to come into your presence. Thank you that you reach out to each one of us with assurance that if we will put our trust in Jesus, if we will not seek that clarity, but just put our trust in you. You draw us close to your presence. And so now, Lord, we receive your forgiveness. We receive your, your, new, your new life in Jesus Christ as we come to your table today, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we remember this um, good news of God's forgiveness over us, it's only right that we give thanks and praise to God. God is the creator of all things and the, and the giver of sustainer of all life, and uh, he has, in his goodness, created the world. In his faithfulness, he called a people to himself and And uh, sustain them by his mercy through the ages. And in the fullness of time, he made himself known to us in Jesus Christ, his son. The living word who is present among us that we might know his love. And through the life of Jesus, we have experienced healing. We have experienced forgiveness through his death on the cross. We know the forgiveness of our sins. And through his resurrection from the dead, we can have eternal life. Through his ascension to the throne. He has poured out his Holy Spirit on us that we might experience his presence even within our hearts. And on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus uh, took bread. Um, he gave thanks to God for it. and He broke it. He gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And likewise, after the supper, He took the cup, and he blessed it, gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and drink. This is my blood, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And so, Heavenly Father, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts of salvation in Jesus Christ, We come and we present ourselves to you as an offering in union with Christ. And we ask you now to pour out your spirit on us and on these elements of bread and wine that they might be for us the body and blood of Christ in order that we might be, by the power of your Holy Spirit, the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by his blood. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said You'll open your packets now and, re- and remove the bread from it. This is the body of Christ which is broken for you. Take and eat. And This is the blood of Christ which is shed for you. Take and drink. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are so worthy. You are so holy. You are so good as we have received your body and your blood. Now we seek to be one with you by your Holy Spirit. We're confident that you will empower us to go out and share your peace with the world, to share the life and the light and the love of Christ everywhere we go. And so bless us now. Be present with us as you have been present with us in this meal. Be present with us throughout this week to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as you're able so that we can sing a